with regrets, the newest, hottest, as the kids would say, litest, I believe they still say that, podcast about the events industry from a different point of view. And that is the point of view of someone who loves it so much that they have some regrets. You know, why did I, why did I do this to myself? I am Thomas Whalen. I have been in the industry for 20 years. And I like to say that I have the knees to prove it. My name is David Bono. Um, I have been in the industry for 14 or 15 years, but my parents- Well, I've been in it longer. Yeah, well, my parents named me DJ's joke, so essentially 30 years because- You'll be a lifetime, you'll literally be a lifetime DJ no matter what happens. Um, so yeah, so this is With Regrets, a weekly podcast that will be coming to you every Tuesday, um, everyone's fifth favorite day of the week. And uh, well, I just, I just made me think there, I cannot wait to say now, see you next Tuesday. Oh yeah, that works really perfectly. <laughs> people have called me that. So, you know, it's one of those things. Does that mean something? Um, I believe it means good, which um, we should let everyone know that if you are uh, skittish, afraid of certain four letter, five letter, three letter, six letter, and sometimes eight letter words, this might not be for you. Uh, this might not be for you. Um, it is for everyone. And um, if you like this and subscribe, uh, we will definitely um, clean it up and send out clean versions. But also, if you don't want us to send clean versions, like and subscribe. Um, and that'll really solve the issue. And then, you know, after X amount of likes and subscribes, we will deal with it. But until then, uh, that will be your first regret. Um, so yeah, so welcome to With Regrets. And today we are going to speak with catering executive Ken Barrett-Sweet, hailing out of Boston, Massachusetts. In the farmhouse kitchens of his family, Barrett-Sweet began cooking at a young age. Early recollections tell that Ken's toy of choice were his favorite, very own collection of pots and pans. Armed with a degree from Samford University and a background in business analysis, Chef Barrett dove into the culinary field. His passion for quality and thirst for artistry sent him to the kitchens and culinary studios of Paris, France. Wow. Continuing on to an educational quest that will end with a master's degree in hospitality and culinary arts. For the past 20 years, he has been one of the influencers in the catering and events industry as it pertains to hospitality, guest experiences, and all things food and beverage. Now his passion is sharing that spark of creativity and ability to build events outside the norm through industry associations. Ken, welcome and thank you so much for being with us. I'm excited to hear your stories. Hi guys. Hi. Talking about old farts. I've been doing this for so long. I think I poop coal all the time because it's, I'm just so old. Well, that could be your industry pivot. You know, we're going to need a lot of coal this year. <laughs> we need to keep warm somehow, isn't it? Isn't that what we have to do? Oh, my goodness. Ken, I'm pumped by the work that your company puts out, and I'm very interested to hear some of these stories. Yeah. Thanks. We really, we really enjoy what we do. You know, I think all of us that are in the events industry love the creative side, and we love the idea that we're giving people memories and and experiences but we're also masochist and really like the punishment and that's what this is all about <laughs> and if you are an extreme masochist then the phrase it'll cost extra may be more familiar 
than uh, some of the other people listening. And a very, very odd work schedule. I mean, you know, it, we, we work like um, other, you know, older professions, some of the oldest professions. We sometimes check in at 7 p.m. and check out at 5 a.m. and sometimes check in at 5 a.m. and check out at 3.45 a.m. You know, you got to love it. You're talking about the oldest profession. Are you saying that we would give away our wares for anything or that we might, depending on how many um, people we've entertained for the day, we might do some things for lesser money just to get more money? What are you saying there? I'll say it once and I'll say it again. If you have a check, I have a talent. And if you're in the mood to write a check, this is the perfect time to like and subscribe to our new podcast, With Regrets, Regrets is Plural. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at with regrets. Again, regrets is plural because we all have had a, a few. Or if you want to get on this show or share a dirty little secret, um, please email us at withregretspodcast at gmail.com. That's my plug. I like to plug. Which also, if um, it'll cost extra. But. Ken is an amazing speaker, workshopper, uh, panelist, contributor, thought leader, and all around amazing guest. And what's even better is he has a notorious little game that he plays. And it's very similar to, as we were sidebarring about, uh, a famous TikTok trend that's going on. But Ken, why don't you, uh, why don't you share? Well, you know, the years and years uh, that I've been in this industry, we've seen a lot of things. And one of my favorite things to do um, in the event industry is to get together with my friends and swap war stories. And we talk about things that you couldn't believe. I mean, clients say the damnedest things. You never imagine someone asking you to do something. And you would never imagine in a million years what you're going to find when you put a bunch of creatives and people who enjoy their beverage and people who enjoy their extracurricular um, chemicals <laughs> in their body together and, have, and tell them to work for 25 hours, there's no telling what you're going to get from them. So I love to play a game called Never Have I Ever. Ooh. Or in TikTok fashion, put a finger down. Because there's always the case in which um, there, there's always a need to share what you've seen. So. I think the, first, the most amazing one ever that I can start with is never have I ever, or put a finger down, never have I ever caught people having sex, caught my staff having sex at an event. Wait, staff or people? My staff. My staff, our staff was having sex. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, so the story. Wait so, you wait, so you have? Oh, yes, my finger is down. I forget oh. this is, oh. this is verbal, not, 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 yes. So picture it, I'm gonna pull out Sophia, picture it, Ni uh, 1999. And this is- I was in the third grade. Uh, <laughs> um, I was 30. I'll drink something. to that, I'll drink um, to that. <laughs> I'll drink to that too, now it's time. I was doing a wedding. Um, if you can't tell, especially as I drink more of this martini, that my draw is there and that I'm from originally from the South. I was doing a wedding down in Alabama and it was a night, um, there were about 120 guests. The band was playing. All one family? Um, <laughs> they were all related. Is that what you're referring to? No, they were not. 
It was a wonderful family. It was overlooking the city, um, Birmingham, Alabama. So we were up on the side of the mountain. We could see the whole city. It was beautiful. And, and um, the, the um, band stopped and they had a DJ playing and the DJ was pumping up the music and everybody was dancing and going crazy. This was toward the end of the night. And my team had started breaking down the, um, some of the stations because, you know, our exit plan is the best thing we're doing. How do we get out of here faster? <laughs> and, and I realized that one of the bartenders is missing. I'm like, where's Roger? What's Roger doing? And so we start looking for Roger. And then all of a sudden, another staff member comes to me and says, can I take down the coffee station? We'd already moved everything off of it. And there was just left a table and linen. And I said, you know, let me check. Because I, we, and we have bad habits of stuffing shit under a table, you know, under a oh, linen. Oh, I think so we're about to find some. Quote up and see it. So I lift the linen and <laughs> there was the bartender on top of one of the servers. Um, and they had no idea that I was, I literally touched her boob. I literally <laughs> lifted it and brushed against her boob. And I was like, um, no. You need to go now. <laughs> I don't, I mean, can, can we just for one second, how do you, what is that pickup line? Hey, you want to meet me under the table? I, I mean, come that. on. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously? It was around the corner and it was in the same room, but it was on the edge of the room and the edge of the craziness and all. But I mean, guys, I mean, 10 minutes or a broom closet. Well, Ken. Yeah. It's just a new definition for side work. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to get their signature before they clock out anyway. I was going to say, do I need to check mark that? <laughs> Had a piece. That is a, that's a side piece, not a, some side work. Wow. Who knew? So that was the craziest one. I, I, I've seen a few others. I think the, the other intimate moment that I caught that was so crazy was we walked out one night. Um, I was, before I became, on the operations and leadership side of, of catering, I was a chef. And so I'm like lugging trash out to the trash can. And there's this guy who has propped up another guy on the trash, on the big dumpster. And they were having their moment. And I was like, guys, some better place. I mean, come on, come on. The other one is never have I ever almost been arrested for buying something for a client. What's almost been arrested? Um, so there was a client who said, I really need, I, I really, um, my nerves are on edge. I really need something to take the edge off. And she had told, um, this was a bride who had told one of my staff and sent, gave her 50 bucks and sent her on an errand. And the staff member pulled up into the parking lot of the venue and the police pulled her over. Uh, incidentally, the police pulled her over because her tail light was out, but she had just made a um, financial exchange for something to help the bride calm her nerves. So marriage counseling was not the best thing for that bride. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, come on, let's talk about it. How many times are you at a wedding and you're thinking, okay, what are the odds? Who's got, who's got the odds here? Like, how much is this really going to pan out? My favorite thing working events is, um, if you don't work in events and you're listening, we know when you're doing coke. It is... <laughs> yep. No we know. 
No group of seven people holding one keychain goes to a bathroom every 15 minutes and then comes out and wants to hear the Vanga Boys. First off, the Vanga Boys is a great song, but you've got to be on a different plane than the rest of the group. <laughs> now, from my perch, like when we're up there, like, and you have, you know, the dance floor, all the tables around you from the DJ booth, and you're just looking out all night long from there. You just, I tell everyone, I'm like, what you're going to see everyone do is just, you're going to watch them quickly deteriorate. <laughs> all, you know, well dressed. The shark you know, it's also, we, we see it from a catering side because you see people sitting at the table chewing and there's nothing in their mouth and all the food's still on the plate. Like, oh. Okay. So this is how this night's going to go. And you're like, this is the weirdest baby shower I've ever been to, but I'm into <laughs> No wonder why they have a lighting tech here. Ken, you know what I get all the time? We like one of like the pain points for us is the bride's, uh, the maid of honor. We get a lot of maid of honors that like really, really want to run the show. Do you guys on your end, Get any like talk to do deal what? with the maid of honor? Oh, they're the worst. They're the ones that I mean, I'm. They come up and try to slide you a five dollar bill as if that's grateful, and yeah. say, "Can you do X Y Z?" I've gotten many a, a one dollar bill saying, "Can you go get the DJ to play this?" And I'm like, "Seriously, a one dollar bill? Like that's <laughs> not going to do anything for me." Um, or you know, me either. Made at dueling pianos. You know, it's. It's interesting what clients ask you to do. I think the other one, never, okay, there's two more that I can think of that are really great. Never have I ever, or put a finger down. I, how many fingers? I have two down. Never have I yeah, ever. Because you're saying everything you've done. You're, you're, <laughs> you're insane. Well, because I, I, sorry, then I need to change this. No, no, no. Well, no. Please continue. And also, whenever you have an event so far, I'm so. <laughs> um, this one was crazy. Never have I ever replaced a member of the wedding party. You had to stand in. <laughs> because so I've, been mother, wedding, I've been to weddings where county inmates are in the, like, in the, it was my brother's, but a county inmate was in the wedding party and even he got to stand there. What? I Crazy woman. In, in the South, Weddings, wedding parties are no less than 30 people. I mean, you've got at least 12 on each side. And, and so it's like this thing. And I swear to you, half of the mothers dictate to those daughters the sizes and make sure that they stand in size and, you know, in the tree and whatever. This one girl's best friend didn't show. And she was supposed to be, she was supposed to be a, um, a bridesmaid. And she was six foot tall. And so her mother was going in hysteria. Oh my God, what are we going to do? There's a person out. What are we going to do? And one of my friends um, was working for me at the time as um, a waiter. And he, also known as Shay Shay Giggles, um, who was six foot tall and thin, walked up and heard this conversation and she was like, what are we going to do? We need someone to stand in. Nobody really knows all my friends. She's from college, but we can't have it off. <laughs> and she said, Robert said, so if you need a stand in, I'll do it. It'll take me two hours to get ready, but I'll do it because we found this out during pictures. Right? So my best friend went home and then two hours later came back, 
dressed as Shay Shay and passed. It was the most interesting thing I've ever seen in my life. The guy that had to walk him down the aisle or the pair, you know, his guy it was just like white as a ghost because this was just the craziest thing you could imagine. But the mother was so dependent or so um, emphatic that she had to have every person on that stage. So Shay Shay made $200 standing in as That's a good booking fee a bridesmaid <laughs> i mean you know it paid for her pantyhose for the night <laughs> shout out to shout out to shay shay giggles uh wherever you are honey it's a good name and i hope you're tipping her if you go to one of her shows miss giggles gigs the giggle gigs uh tip your queen if you're at any drag queen show tip your queen they didn't do that for free it takes 40 dollars to get that face all right okay <laughs> David. Yes. DJ David. DJ David Spinner, Media Pro. I'm sorry. Um, give us one of yours. I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff. You started this when you were like a tween, barely with a chin on your hair, or hair on your chin. I'll have another drink. You tell us a story. Let's see. Never have I ever been asked for an entire, I won't say which institution, but a university, a large group of students, like close to a thousand asked me to pay for the open bar um, when a very nice hotel in downtown Boston had told them no, because they were underage. And they try to like slip it in my contract as if like my ID of over 21 is going to be sufficient for a thousand people. And like, they were actually convinced, like they called me multiple times. Um, I mean, like, they had a presentation for me and, like, make how much money on the top they're going to get. <laughs> I was going to ask, was there a bribe at least? Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. All in writing. What happened to the... In writing, no less. Yeah. Over the school's, like, the .edu email. <laughs> what happened to the good old days of getting a hobo or transient person or person experiencing homelessness? Because we're not rude here. I'm ignorant, but not rude. Um, just have that... I used to go to Copley... And for $5, well, for $10, I could get like a, a Burnett's-esque or equivalent and a pack of Marlboro Lights. I was 14. You know, that's a different story. But if you need to get booze, it's, it's right? That everyone goes to like a, a hobo? No? I'm the only one? Oh my gosh, there's something new. If I don't want to do something, I know now how to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, if you got a check, someone got a talent. I can't say it enough. Um, did you do it, DJ? David? No. <laughs> oh, so they didn't offer enough. I forwarded the email to all the. I forwarded the email to the rest of the vendor chain. I was like, "Hey, anybody want to go to jail?" I mean, the theme. Of the, the theme of the the episode is it'll cost extra, but I'll do it. And you just proved us wrong. We've bought. Well, I mean, come on. There's I, there's gray legal areas, and there's you can lose everything area, and that was a you can lose everything area. Because you're going to jail. They're going to put you under the jail. You know, like, that's bad. I don't want to go back. I mean, my friend just sold cocaine, you know? Like, that's, I mean, not, uh, not cocaine pot. Like, that's just, that's nothing. That's nothing. Can I need to get, can I need to get into your friend circle. You've got a drag queen named Shay Shay Giggles. Um, and then another friend who's uh, procuring the party. And then two others that are under a table just make an account when they can. I don't know what's in the water. Well, I've heard what's in the water in Alabama, but maybe I need to start drinking it. <laughs> There's, it's, um, yeah, it's crazy. 
absolutely crazy. But I have a story similar to DJ's as well. I'm sorry. I am so sorry, DJ. What? I have a story very similar to David's um, as well, which is when I was younger, I worked in the music side of events and I did a PR and writers and uh, like day of take care of bands. And I had- God bless you. Writers are fun, huh? What? Riders are fun. I, oh, I no. I love riders. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. You're a special person. Give me a list. I'm gonna check it twice. Okay. Are right. you kidding me? Um, Mariah Carey and green M and M's. Come on. You can get a bag of green M and M's nowadays. Well, now. You go to Sugar Heaven. When I had to do it, I couldn't do it. But so, anyways, after the the show. Um, this pop punk band who like, I just assumed were around my age was like, will you take us out? And I was like, yeah. So we went out drinking. It was, we, I brought my friends over. We had a party. Um, and then at like 2 a.m. we're like getting like food at a sub shop. And we were, for some reason, like, you know, IDs got brought up and we all started showing each other everyone's ridiculous ID photo as you do when you're like, 22, 23, and you think it's the worst you've ever looked. Um, and they were 16 and 17. Well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I, the most ridiculous time that I was ever offered money to do something exorbitant like that was I was working at a party on the Hanscom Air Force, like out there in one of the hangars, and someone literally came over with her checkbook in hand and said, how much does it cost for me to stop the flight patterns? I do not want the background noise. <laughs> I was like, um, I don't you. think that's a possibility. Yeah. Do that. Did you look into it though? Um, <laughs> this was a million dollar birthday party for a 50 year old man. I turned 50 FYI in two years. So I need this party. Yeah. And she said, there's no expense. doesn't matter. I will write the check. First of all, I wanted to say, honey, what, where are you going to cash that check? I'm not sure about that now, but. I, that's the kind of, that's a goal of mine is to be able to walk. Well, I'd probably be like Venmo these days, but I'd be like, how much? How much? I've got it. He's got money in the bank. I've got it. I have it. Don't even worry. I have it. All right, so we have uh, staff fornicating, brides needing what turned out to be cocaine, um, professional student organizations asking for bar tabs, and what a wild day that would be to really just corral them all together, which I, I would love to do, actually. Just put that pen in. <laughs> Anyone have any other client ones? Craziest things, client requests, flight pattern changes is... I think maybe top of the line. Um, that's like, how much is it to make it stop raining? How much would it be for it not to rain on this wedding day? Honey, that's a check between you and God. I don't. Here's, here's an interesting one. Here's like a, I hope this isn't once in my career type thing, but I had a client once that um, I inadvertently before doing uh, DJing inside of a Verizon wireless store in downtown Boston um, during one of the periods for something years ago. 
and I bought uh, the guy in front of me a Starbucks. He didn't have his wallet. It turns out he's uh, the VP of a Fortune 500 company. And he's like, I'll one up you and pay it, for, pay it back. And he's, uh, he says, come down to um, speak with us at uh, Mohegan Sun. And he like messaged me on the side, talked to me on the sidebar and just said, listen, I want you to go in there with an $8,000 contract. At the time we were just doing like, you know, our average wedding was like 3,500 to 5,500. And so um, when he started giving us numbers and everything, he ended up <laughs> pushing us through for 25 grand and just said, line item, whatever you think's going to work. And I was like, for a DJ. <laughs> so we ended up getting um, a flow rider to come in. He was a hundred thousand dollars. Um, we get texted a video from the manager like minutes before. So we ended up doing, we ended up like going, I partnered with so many of my friends in the Boston area and um, brought down just a ton. Like we had acrobats, we had living red carpets, we had <laughs> character artists. They just, the guy didn't want to deal with the phone calls and he kind of had like a wedding planner or no, excuse me, an event planner that was not really doing much. So we just like, he's like, just pick people that you know can do this and come in. And the next year they came back for 50 grand and then we never heard from them again. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I love that you know, money. We did hear from them, but they're in Orlando and I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't know anybody down there. I love when people just have the money. Also like we will do your, all three of us will do your event for a normal appropriately priced um, for that venue, for that date, for that time. There's lots of factors. It's never a flat rate. But anyways, when they when they come in with the money, honey, when they are like, I have 1500 per person to spend budgeted, and you're like, I can write that menu, and then you have to sit down and figure out that menu and make it work. Ooh. My, oh. first, my first experience with that was with a bot mitzvah. It was a benign. I want to get it correct. And it was for a hundred people. Two or two. Yeah. So it was, yep. hundred people. And I was in a venue with an F and B minimum. And I was like, unfortunately for that day, it's $30,000. Expecting what? Like it's a benign. No girl. I had to figure out $30,000 worth of food <laughs> for a hundred people. Yeah. And, Cause those people, yeah, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And 60 of them were kids. So we couldn't rely on the liquor. I couldn't, you know, do no. champagne and high-end drinks. No, I was like, we are going to have guns shooting sauce at wings. We were going to do whatever it took. And uh, we did it. But when the money, when chasing after a dollar sign is one of the worst and best feelings in the world. When they're like, yeah, that's a minimum. Make it work. $100,000 for five people. You're like. Uh, yeah, but it's challenging. I, I, you know, it's interesting you say that you. Did you, uh, David, you were talking about the fact of doing something kind of when they went to Orlando. One of the best things I'm going to plug being in associations, one of the best things about being associations is having people all over the world in your network. I have a friend in Orlando. So one of my clients decided to go to Orlando to do their son's graduation party for the Naval Academy. And we're like, okay, whatever, we're going to do this. So I go down to Orlando, I'm planning it. And then she comes, the mother comes to me and says, so his favorite thing since he was a little boy is Shamu. I will pay up to $50,000 to have Shamu at his party. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Isn't Shamu dead? R.I.P.? Exactly. Exactly. 
I was like, so I can do a lookalike. Uh, Not a lookalike shampoo. <laughs> how do you, how do you said, And I was like, so do you want to, I really can't, like, it was the hardest thing. I had to turn down $50,000. I mean, the woman was serious. She literally was like, I don't care. Like, I, if it's more, we can talk about it, but. Send her my dollars. Send her my Shemu. Shemu. I'll she get said, she only has to up here and do a black white face. Be all the shampoo <laughs> you need. Get me shake Listen, shake she, on a double. Her her only request was it needed to come out of the water once. Again, uh-huh. Shay Shay giggles can bound out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go under the water and push her up. Let's go. <laughs> I just need I'll take eighty dollars for that one. She can have. <laughs> Wait, that's your cut. I have booking fees, honey. Yeah, I am worth some money. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, I mean, was that the, the hard thing? Plus plus. Plus plus always plus plus. <laughs> An admin goes to the house, not to the person. Um, yeah, I mean, this is what's so good about our industry, right? Like, it makes you get creative. And you're right, Thomas. I mean, someone comes to you and you have to create this exorbitant menu. You crave for that that point that they do that. And then at the same time, you're like, God bless me. How am I going to do it? How is this going to work? How am I going to do this? And then I mean, he- I'm sure you... I mean, I can't imagine, David, that you... The one other crazy story I have is is about a, and then I have one that anyway. The other crazy story that I have never have I ever is had a groom had a wedding that happened because the groom was arrested. So the groom was outside smoking pot and he got arrested and went to jail on the day because he had four outstanding tickets, and then they caught him smoking pot with like one joint or whatever, and they sent him to jail so the wedding didn't happen. Like, like, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, wow. Um, and you know who caught him? Was an off-duty trooper who was the security for the night. I mean, it was not even, like... That's so good. See, I mean, can you imagine? That leads me to something that is actually kind of amazing, and you walked right into it, Ken. So we have been fortunate where people are starting to send us their stories on Instagram, which is at with regrets. Regrets is plural. Um, and someone sent me an arrest story. Um, and it is incredible. Well, it's really sorry, it's not it's not just an arrest story, it's a lot of stories. Um, so I'm going to give, so there, this was on the news as well. So from the news angle, um, while they were getting married, the altar crashed on them, which had a rigging on it. Um, so they just crash and they had to go to the hospital for two hours. Um, so that is the backstory. So the bride and groom are not there for two hours. And you think that's the worst thing that's gonna happen at this event, right? Like the bride and groom going to the hospital for two hours during their wedding? From an amazing write-in. 
Thank God I was managing the other wedding on site that night, but this is the worst wedding I've ever heard of. The news clip failed to mention the groom was 45 minutes late to the church because he stopped at a Pasco County, if you know where that is, strip joint. During, <laughs> during the service, the violinist had a heart attack at the church and the guests were smashing dinner plates on the dance floor. Then there were a few fights that broke out. Rumor has it that the Greek wedding was cursed and the bride's family didn't like the groom. So all of this, the, the family of the bride was like, this makes sense. Um, yeah, so they broke all the plates. The um, altar crashed on the bride and groom sending to the hospital. The violinist had a heart attack. Um, and so the bride and what made it to the news clip was the bride and groom sued for their money back. What? Yeah. That is no force majeure clause I'm aware of. <laughs> Greek. Speaking of COVID. This Greek superstition um, is not. I don't know what that word was. That, that term was until March. <laughs> force majeure. Yeah, well, then it was in my e email inbox right away. I have six. I felt like I have three to four degrees. I feel like I need to fucking go back to school. Sorry. I need to go back to school to be a lawyer now. All I do is contract negotiation. Are you yeah. just being nice? Everyone's being nice. We're being nice, but we are also trying to be realistic at this point. Um, but there's a there's there's a catch twenty two here. So today I was talking to a client whose event is in August, and they want to postpone. Do I lose the three hundred thousand dollars that I could potentially make in twenty twenty two, and let them, and then tell them no, they can't do it, so they move anyway and cancel, and I lose the rest of their deposits, or do I say sure, bend me over and rape me without lubrication? Please go to twenty twenty two. Uh, which is everyone every single one of us it's so weird such like a strange thing to be such a horrible time to be in the event industry so back to back to the point of like it'll cost you but i'll do it like that's where we are it's it yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy but i i got i did get um recently i did get reprimanded and reported to the Massachusetts Bar Association for practicing law without a, a license. Because <laughs> you said that's not but, right? <laughs> because I was enforcing the contract. And I was like, mm, that's my job. Yeah. I can't enforce the words on the paper. That's all I can do. All right. So we asked a couple questions of all our guests. Um, first is my favorite. Um, well, all three of them are my favorite. They're like children. I, I really can't pick one. Although there's definitely one I just won't tell you. Um, it's the last one. What if you could describe what your professional high was? Like that moment where you're like, I am Ken. This is me. I am the shit. What is your professional high? Or the moment when you were just elated in your decision to work in the events industry? Mm, wow, that's a good question. 
actually 25 years into this industry, it just happened in the last two years. I've evolved through special events and catering. Um, I was a chef, as I said before. I worked in operations and I worked in sales and now I'm very fortunate. I'm the vice president of a company and, and I have um, several facilities under my, um, under, under my, where I support and, and several hundred employees. About a year and a half ago, for, for, well, let me back up. For several years, I've been trying and striving to be a leader and understand what leadership really means. And there's several times when I didn't realize that my ego was getting in the way and I was trying to move people or help people what I thought help people was by pushing them and making them do mine. About 18 months ago, I was sitting in a meeting filled with a table of about 40 people. We were sitting in a big boardroom talking strategy and I realized that what I've always wanted and my heart's desire was to be a leader of people who were more brilliant than I was. And I sat there and realized that it wasn't about me. No one knows who I am. Not many people understand. And it, most of my clients now, most of the catered affairs clients don't even know my name. And that's okay. 10 years ago, that would have been ridiculous. I'm the number three person. There are two owners and then, you know, like I was yeah. that kind of personality. But to sit in a room and say, you know what, I've done this. This is what, this is what it's about. It's about I'm me being able to sit in a room full of people that know things better and differently than I am. And I'm just helping them. I'm giving them what they need to move forward. Or I'm making sure that their path is clear of obstacles. And that was my highlight. You know, all along, I've been touting for years. I've been teaching on the stage and I've been um, a, a workshop person and consulting and I've always said do it this way it really works do it the way I've always done it or do it this way it really works but really it's not about that it's about helping people shine from the inside out and allowing their greatness to grow and just and and then you can sit back and it's it's all about it I think the other piece for me was for years as business owners David, you're, you, you're in this place. As business owners, you think about how you can set yourself up for success. How can the business make money when I'm not involved in it? And I achieved it. I was there. Because at this point, people are doing their job. Mm -hmm. And so instead of being the politician, um, uh, shaking hands and hugging babies or whatever they say, I really was able to sit back and go, oh my gosh, this is yours continue that's my highlight that's awesome amazing that's such a tender moment i didn't even want to ruin it normally I like to jump in with a snide remark but that's amazing to look across the table and see 40 people and be like my work here is is done no, not done but like my work here is on display without it's, me it's work. not me you know and and honestly the last company i was in obviously this is all but the last company I was in, it was, there was a little bit of ego there. And there were some issues with that because I was like, you should do what I say because I know and I've done this forever. <laughs> and now the whole thing has shifted for me going, oh, but wait, you know, there's still struggle and there's still time when you have to take people to task. But at the end of the day, 
I'm not the one that's going to be there. They're younger than I am, so. I don't know. Most I think if you're already here, you're gonna. I look. I feel like I. I look around and I'm like, I'm gonna outlast ninety percent of you, because I love this shit. Absolutely. Like I, if you want to see me in my element, put me in a room with four thousand people and tell me the entree is running late. It's never gonna be better. You will never get me worse. That is where I validate my check. That is where, <laughs> like... I have to interject. What are you doing when you have 4,000 people, you're serving person 3,050, and they tell you, we just ran out of chicken. What do I do? What, what, what happened when it happened to me? It happened... <laughs> what had happened was... Yeah, over... So... You know, I also, similar to you, um, I started in a kitchen, which is something I don't, you know, I really don't, I don't really talk about a lot. My first job was back of house. I was a line cook, uh, prep cook. And then, you know, I did some years um, overseeing a kitchen. Um, And the most important part of like catering or food service, in my opinion, is is the production. The production list at three in the morning. The clients don't think about it. The servers don't think about it. But it's what... In those scenarios, like you want to say, "You're I'm fucked." <laughs> Running out yep. of chicken for a three thousand person event. First off, chicken is not quick to cook ever. Um, it happened to me once, and it wasn't three thousand. I think it was like eighteen hundred that I can remember, and we were short about two hundred. So what I did was. I told the servers to bring eight entrees to each table and then ask for the dietary. Hi, I'm sorry to bother you. I hope you're enjoying dinner. Does anyone have any dietary restrictions? Would they prefer a vegetarian, vegan, or gluten-free meal? And about one to two people on average per table decided to take um, an intolerance meal. Because yeah, as of right yeah. now, the older generation is 10%. They have a, a food intolerance of some kind. And I, I'm going to say intolerance, including vegan and vegetarian meals, just as a compass. I know you're intolerant to the death of animals. Everyone's intolerant about something. Um, but our generation coming up behind us is 30% plus. Yep. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're paying for a high-end, what would be a high-end, we hear that clink, Elke, uh, <laughs> we, uh, a high-end caterer or high-end food service provider, you're paying for me in that moment to figure out what to do. Yeah. And I want to say maybe 10 people were inconvenienced. Um, I say 10, it might have been 40. You know, I don't know because it was such a minor inconvenience that we never heard back about it. Wow. But what do you do when the chefs have put bacon on a 1,400-person kosher salad? (laughs) (laughs) That'll be a different episode. (laughs) It'll cost you. It'll cost you. Yeah, that'll cost you a lot. Um, All right, so what about on the other end? um, and, And put a spin on it. Like, what about the... What was the, are you in your low? Is this the low right now in a tenured career? Actually, no. Actually, not. The lowest moment I've ever had was when I was asked 
to take care of the bride's dress because she didn't normally partake in alcohol and, and her sorority sisters had fed her lots and lots of cocktails. And this is at four o'clock in the afternoon and she pooped her $25,000 Vera Wing dress. <laughs> and they said, we need you to help. And I was like, WTF? Like, seriously, WTF? Hi, Ken. I know you're here with the catering team, but my daughter, the bride, just shit herself. <laughs> I was at a catering company where I was the chef, but I was also one of the nicest people. So I always met everyone. And so the mother, the bride, came and said, I'm going to be frank. She said, you're a gay. You can do this. What can you do? I need help. And I'm like, I what's mean, wrong? She's not, in, she's not incorrect. There's very few things a gay man can't do. So I tell... Susie to put her hands on the wall and prop herself up and two of the bridesmaids held the either side of her and I went under the dress and I used soda water to pull the dress out it gets worse Susie no. as I'm getting ready to no. lift the dress no it's not as bad as you think she says oh I should tell you I don't have any underwear so don't get any ideas. And I said, honey, this doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> and I start pouring the soda water to get worst moment of my life. And, and only to complicate things, it was like a $20,000 wedding. It was not even that great. I was like, really, what am I doing? You are not charging enough for your services. <laughs> that and that's my if story. I had to hose down the backside of a bride there is a fee to that <laughs> I, I would do it i got a small tip but it was just a small tip it was not even like thank you for your inconvenience not I'm even like, i saw card. i saw things i hadn't seen since birth <laughs> you took me back to a place i didn't want to be <laughs> i'm cesarean <laughs> i was a cesarean oh, oh my god I've never had to do deal with feces. That I don't. I cannot talk that. <laughs> oh, I. We've all had to do the, <laughs> the feces. My favorite bathroom story actually is the first time I ever was booking a mitzvah um, on the planner side. Um, the mother asked me, "Do you have chaperone attendance?" And I said. No, these are like 13 babysitters. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we've had to have bathroom, uh, bathroom attendants because the kids will get rambunctious in there. I don't know what they were doing. I didn't ask. I put someone in that bathroom, though. <laughs> rambunctious? Bathroom? I, years and years and years ago, I had a Sweet 16 where they kids had all like shoved their nips down the toilet, smashed the toilet porcelain, uh, porcelain, water's going everywhere from the toilet. There's like Coke cans, uh, excuse me, like beer cans and nips shoved down the drain. Like they could have just gotten away with it and instead they had to just break it with all the contraband. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So here's the big one. There's a name for this podcast, which we should never forget. And it is with regrets. I'm here to write rap lyrics for anyone. That rhyme was incredible. Oh my God. Um, 
Ken Barrett Sweet. What is your with regrets? My regrets? Closing down a woman's anus. Like, that's a different, that's a different balloon arch. You know what I mean? That's a different <laughs> kind of balloon arch. You keep that. Keep that in the episode. Don't let that. What? I, okay, I, I think really I, I think I have to hose down a woman who shit herself? I mean, I, you can't make this shit up. You cannot make it Literally, up. Literally, you couldn't make that shit up. She had to bring it herself. She was, it was so bad. I mean, I didn't think she was going to be able to walk down the aisle. At one point, the um, minister came and said, I don't know that I can legally do this wedding because technically she should be consenting. And like that was where we were. That's He should have paused the wedding and exercised her asshole. That is not... <laughs> I can go out to water. Yeah, like you can't soda stream that out of your dress. That's a with regret. Call her up. That's her biggest. Luckily, luckily she was, and I didn't say this because I was trying to be politically correct. Luckily, she was a Chinese bride, so her dress was red. But I mean, it was. No, no, but no. still, but still, I mean, let let it leave it to their imagination of a dark dress. Literally, but, I mean, a dark spot yeah. on a dress. But I mean, still, it was. Um, so my, my regrets only are coming to light now that we're in COVID because I'm, I have learned or I have recently discovered the TikTok. <laughs> the TikTok. A little known fact about Kinder Sweet is my first degree was in opera and dance. I thought I was going to be on Broadway years ago. I thought I was the shadizzle. And now watching people do it on TikTok to make money, I'm like, why am I why am I arguing people with their force majeure? I could just sit at home in my pajamas on the down low and be like singing and dancing and 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 like making money, but yet I'm worried about your nature and your heart and that you can't get married for six more months. I guess that would be my regret. <laughs> it's just that I didn't really pursue it. I, I mean, I do love what we do, but there's a part of me. I think the I think the truth of the regret is I haven't. I have ignored my some of my other talents and ignored some of my the the other hobbies that I should have for the love of the business. And I think now at 47 years old and looking at COVID, I've decided I need to dig back into something else so that there's a little bit of balance. And that's my regret. I was just giving 150% and not getting some yeah. fulfillment back. So Wait, that's my regret. That. I love that. I'm going to steal that for the next episode. That I'm going to say pretty much word for word that. Um, I'm not a singer or a dancer, but I think people will like me more. And likeability. I only took dance. I only took dance because I did not want to take PE. I am that gay. <laughs> my favorite, I mean, this is really off subject, but it's one of my favorite stories ever, was gym class in high school, I had the best woment of my life. And then, and then I'll let everyone go. We were, I was obviously walking around the gym because I walk. That's what I do. I miss dodgeball. My talent. I play dodgeball almost every weekend, but that's a different- I play tetherball. Do you even know what that is? Tetherball? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they play that on ESPN 8. You look like a, a, a gay wizard. 
Doing a dance spell. <laughs> Do that with your martini and call me a bitch. I will show up at your house. I've always wanted to be Jean Valjean on, on, from Les Mis on, on, on Broadway. So there you go. That's what I'm doing. I love it. I love it. Uh, Ken, is there anything that if our listeners could do to get more of you and more a bigger slice of Ken, where they could go? Anything you want to talk about? My Instagram is at Ken Barrett Sweet. It's all spelled out, one big long thing. Um, and my Facebook is Ken Barrett Sweet. I'm pretty boring that way. I didn't know how to do it, um, and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not so. And not so in, uh, crazy that. Don't ask me what my TikTok name is. I don't know. I'm a creeper right now. Oh, wait, that's not the right word. I'm a... Um, no, I think you nailed I'm it. I'm a voyeur. <laughs> yes, you're a voyeur. <laughs> I've been on I'm TikTok. a voyeur. So I'm not, I'm not recording. I'm recording in my own mind right now, but I have not yet started. So... What would it go. take for us to get you to record us a TikTok? One more of these... Martinis. <laughs> as, as the last drops fall out of the... That, also, is that a coupe? Of course. It's the size of Marie Antoinette's breast. <laughs> a solid B cup. Well, thank you so much for, for coming and chatting with us. You are a light in a dark world, making me smile. Your stories were shit. Um, <laughs> I truly appreciate you. Yeah, Ken, thank you very much. With thank that you, guys. This you. has been fun. It's, I think right now, this is probably one of my favorite, uh, my favorites to listen to because, you know, there were days when I discovered podcasts and it was all about um, learning and growing as a human. And now I just need a little bit of laughter. And I, I don't want to, you to learn anything from us. Well, the whole point is, I also can say, this is the ridiculous world we live in. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a very 2020 podcast to share these kind of stories. Love it. It's, we've all sat around the end of the event at a table, some of us smoking, some of us drinking, some of us under the table at Ken's wedding, um, <clears throat> and commiserated because we love this so much. These are not stories of horror. These are... No our, you know, check marks on the board or whatever that saying is, like, on the green monster marks. Ken and I talk the same sports language. Um, but, you know... Um, isn't it, isn't it mar- hash marks on the headboard? Is that part of this? I think that, yeah, that might be it. Notches on the belt. I'm familiar with that Notches one. Notches on the belt. There you go. <laughs> I'm familiar with that one. Um, but thank you so much. And, yeah. Well, that is just one hilarious look into, uh, inside of our... <laughs> some say culty world of the live events industry. Uh, Mr. Ken Barrett-Sweet, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David Bona. And I am Thomas Whale. And if I tell you once, I'll tell you again. I have a terrible attitude. Um, <laughs> but also, please check us out on Instagram at with underscore regrets. Regrets is plural because we all have a few. Um, and if you would like to be featured in one of our upcoming episodes or have a story to share, please email us at with regrets podcast at gmail.com. That's mail, M A I L, not M A L E, as I have made the mistake of doing one too many times.
really need to get together, so call me. I'm available. We can do lunch, you know, because I know your nights are probably tied up. Maybe you're tied up at night. I don't know. Ba-dum-pum.